Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name is Tori. My name is Taylor Shay, or I usually go by Tay. And welcome to another episode. Hi. Hello. So. Ooh, that was really gross. I'm so sorry. That was disgusting. <laughs> oh, God. no. Well, finally, we're, like, being people for yes. a little bit. Today has so far, like, been such an awesome day of, yeah. like being able to just like mellow out yep like I kind of think I want to like go do something I don't know if like me and my partner are yeah. gonna like go and do something after this day like maybe like go on a hike or something like that mm-hmm. or like I don't know I kind of just want to like force myself to try to do laundry just sit mm-hmm. on the couch and just watch yeah. like one of my favorite like feel-good movies just have yeah. like summertime chill like yeah i just want to sit on this couch just stuff my face yeah and just watch something i mean that's what i'm doing like after we're done recording this i'm probably gonna take a quick nap and i'm heading to my parents house and we're going out to dinner tonight and then we're gonna go home and just hang mm-hmm. out and stuff because i didn't see him in like a month or so so i would i would i mean if i was home i would be like yeah. let's just fucking mm-hmm. hang out get some good yeah. ass food watch some movies you know all mm-hmm. that fun stuff um but i think that's a good idea like we both yeah, deserve to have people chill. time. Yeah. We've both been pretty busy, like, running yeah. around. This is the first weekend that we're both either not working mm-hmm. in out of state or have other plans, like we mentioned yes. before. So, you know, even though I'm going to my parents' house, it's, like, a nice decompression for mm-hmm. me. Um, and, you know, it's just nice to have a weekend to do literally whatever the fuck you want, which oh, is yeah. nice. That's what we're hoping to plan for very soon, uh, my partner and I. Like, because I... I feel so bad, but I just, like, I desperately need, like, a weekend mm-hmm. to feel like a vacation yeah, or something. I like, I just need, like, a mini vacation terribly badly, because mm-hmm. just between both jobs, like, feeling like I'm running around all the time, mm-hmm. and just, like, feeling like there's so much mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And, like, me being me, whenever I'm not working, I feel like I have to push myself yep. to do 40,000 things I agree. and go, like, 40,000 places, because I don't want my like downtime to be wasted yep. mm-hmm. and like it's such a like horrible trap to feel like I'm wasting my own time mm-hmm. by just taking care of myself yep. or trying to like sit still but it's not true yep like I just need to like be told mm-hmm. and remember like no you can just be a person yeah you can just be just be like yeah. it's okay to just be like that is self-care just mm-hmm. being yeah sometimes you just need to do what I do it's just get a sternum tattoo mm-hmm. and then sit there with your painful sternum just like laying on the couch mm-hmm. not being able to move yep just watching something and just chilling yeah i came home from work last night and i because i i get off work at 11 o'clock and i normally come home on saturdays and normally tay and, and her partner are here they're hanging out so we hang out for a little bit but i end up staying till like 11 45 because mm-hmm. i was talking to a co-worker and then i waited for 25 minutes in the wendy's drive-thru oh and to find out they discontinued my favorite fucking sandwich, oh, which I'm pissed. Which one? The it's the the big bacon cheddar. So it was a spicy oh. chicken sandwich with like a cheddar cheese sauce and then like bacon jam, which I don't get bacon jam because it's too sweet in my opinion. Yeah. With fried onions and bacon and cheese and a bacon. That? Yeah. So but they're able to give me bacon and um like the the onions. Yeah. So I'm hoping the onions stay because my mm-hmm. mouth is actually watering thinking about it, but. I waited for 25 fucking minutes. I got there at 12, 10 at night. They closed at 1 a.m. I ended up leaving the drive-thru at, like, I didn't go home until, like, 12.45. No, because I was fully passed Yeah, off. so I walk in the door, and your partner is just sitting on the couch watching Lord knows what on the fucking TV. Okay, it was, we were watching Maddie Matheson cook, all right? 
I don't want to be judged for this, but sometimes, like, when your brain is, like, a level of, like, not sober and just, like, a level of, like, nonsense, that there's something that's just, I don't know how to describe it, but sometimes cooking chefs just, like, hit a spot in my brain. They just, just tickle that one little spot. Yes, this, like, one little weird itch of, like, you love food and weird food mm-hmm. that, like, watch these insane people make the craziest food you've ever seen. I love that. Yeah, so I walk in, and Tay is, like, stretched out on the couch, out, passed out. Fully passed out. out. Like, yeah. I was, I looked at, I looked at her partner, I was like, is she good? And and her partner's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah, she's fine, don't worry about it. Yeah, I but, like, like okay. She's just been like this for, like, an hour. Yeah, and so I, like, ate my food, and I was like, I'm gonna uh, go to bed. Good night. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and then I ended up staying up, like, for another, like, hour and a half, so. Oh. I'm running on, like, five hours I'm sleep, so which sorry. is dope. I know you wanted to hang out. Oh, no, you're like, good. Because here's the thing. If I, I knew if I would have come home earlier, I would have been fine. Oh, you know yeah. I, mean? I so. would have. I tried so hard, because, like, we, when we first got back from the tattoo shop, because, mm-hmm. like I said, I just got my, turno- my sternum tattooed. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that shit isn't, that shit, that shit's hard. Yes, this is like, it's gonna be so worth it when it's healed mm-hmm. and it's nice, but right now, like, the tightness of my chest, mm-hmm. like, the feeling is so, and it's so itchy right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I absolutely just, like, needed a moment to not yeah. be so terribly focused yeah. on this and yeah. the feeling of this right now Yeah, that I just needed full nonsense mm-hmm. of like no i'm i want to be completely outside of my brain yeah yeah and I feel that, that is exactly what was happening last night and i fully just like completely was so tired just passed out that's and that's completely fine it is what it is but, but anyway anyway so <laughs> i'm going to tell you a very silly story in my brain because so i grew up in upstate new york mm-hmm. so upstate new york is Like, the town that I grew up in was so teeny tiny. Like, Mm. it was very, like, one light, red light town. Mm. Like, we didn't have our own school. We were combined Mm. with the town next to us. Like, it's just so very Mm. quiet there. So, all of those towns that are, like, up there, Mm. although they're, like, miles and miles apart, but you feel very connected and close Mm. to, like, the next town over because you have nothing else around you. So, to hear that this was going on and that this existed very close by to where I grew up and had no idea about it is absolutely mind-blowing to me. So, I had to know everything. So, I'm going to tell you, all of you today, the story about the Oneida Spoon Factory sex cult. Okay. So, and then to make the joke... That my partner had made, which they get credit for. I can't take credit for this. So the name of this episode will be They Were Forking. (laughs) (laughs) The Oneida Spoon Factory Sex Call. That is so fucking funny. Absolutely ridiculous. They they were forking. So I told my partner about this sex factory like sex or spoon factory call sex call all of that and like told my partner about it and immediately she was like oh so like they were a spoon factory but they were forking like oh my god that is so fucking funny no (laughs) like and side note about tay's partner like she is 
like comedy gold. The shit she yeah. says. We were okay. Side note. I'm, I know. We, I know. We deviate a lot, but my friend was like a fan of it, so it's fine. Like my the one who yeah. binged all of our episodes. Oh, she's yeah. like, oh, I feel like we're like I'm hanging out with you and your roommate, <laughs> so it's cool. So y'all can go fuck yourself. You don't like our banter. Shut the so fuck sorry. up. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So um, we were sitting in my car going to get tattooed for like this was in like December. Yeah. We we're talking about bidets and if the hot water is warm or cold. Yep. And so I was like, what if it was cold or something? And then. Chase's partner goes, asshole, asshole clean, sphincter tight. tight. And it literally made me laugh so fucking hard. Like, so funny. (laughs) Like, all of a sudden, she'll just say the most, like, random shit. Random, insane thing I've Mm -hmm. ever heard in my life. And it's the funniest fucking thing. Like, Mm -hmm. we went to a concert with my old roommate Mm -hmm. from, like, that I lived with when Mm -hmm. I lived in New York. Bigfoot, right? Yeah, we went to, we went to a concert with Bigfoot, and we were talking about oh god what the hell were we talking about just we were oh we were trapped in line to get parking at this concert and all of a sudden she started coming up with like rare insults <laughs> and like the one that like i still remember couldn't get out of my head immediately what like as people were passing and being annoying and like because there were people mm-hmm. directing traffic and like were really like yelling yeah. so we in the car decided to play um Oh, God. He makes the bang energy video. Trevor Wallace. Mm-hmm. We decided to play a Trevor Wallace video of airport, like... Oh, uh, my God. T- like, mm-hmm. TSA, like, road control mm-hmm. um, traffic cops. So, we were playing that, and then she decided to start doing rare insults, and, like, I can't remember. There was some guy who, like, walked past, and he was, like, not listening to what mm-hmm. the traffic... Um, what do they call him? Oh, it was an air conductor. traffic, yeah. There you go. The traffic conductor was saying... And literally, she just, like, quietly yelled, just like, you look like someone who puts a nap on, a nap on their lapkin at McDonald's. A nap on their lapkin? Oh, jeez. A, a nap lapkin on their lap. <laughs> a lap on their nap. Yes. A, a nap on their lapkin. <laughs> you look yes. like, you look like someone who puts a napkin on your lap at McDonald's. Yes. And that shit's so Sweet. fucking funny. Just all, the whole time, just absolute nonsense sentences. I love it. It so, was so funny. Credit to her for the... They were forking. That is oh, yeah. so fucking funny. Just absolute madness as per usual. So very recently I saw on TikTok uh, a video from Mackenzie Bar- mm-hmm. Barman who had made a two-part series about the Oneida Spoon Factory cult. And given that I grew up uh, close to Oneida, New York, I like never knew about this and just needed to do like an entire deep dive. So like... Which also, I want to super shout out, like, Mackenzie Barman in general and think Mm -hmm. people should totally follow her. She's so funny. She makes these videos of, like, her talking to herself as, like, Mm -hmm. me. And it kind of reminds me of, like, what this podcast normally is. Mm -hmm. Of just, like, one of us, like, doing the, like, feeling like the Kermit meme. Of just, like, in a robe telling you this horrific story. Just being, like, I'm just mentally terrorizing you for no reason. And... She does it as her dark me oh, is it. telling her these weird stories of like, haha, that's so funny. Thanks, me. Why are like I'm hostage inside my mm-hmm. own brain? Like these are. I mean, my that's thoughts. a mood. I'm ho- I'm always a hostage inside my own brain. Exactly. So like, I think she's hysterical. So people should absolutely follow her. So the majority of information that I I'll give you has been found by Professor Ellen Whalen Smith, who teaches at USC Dorrance Life College of Letter Arts and Sciences, mm-hmm. who is actually the descendant of the founder of the sex cult oh wow yes so 
I want to give a huge credit to her as well because a lot of this information is found out because, like, this is her own family. That's fucking crazy. So, the Oneida Spoon Factory cult was found by a man named John Humphrey Noyes. So, John Noyes was born in uh, 1811 to a prominent Vermont family. So his father, who was also named John, was a U.S. congressman and had been the uncle to President Rutherford B. Hayes. Mm -hmm. So Noyes' mother was extremely religious and forced religiosity on her kids starting at very early ages. So Noyes himself, growing up, didn't seem to care very much for religion and wasn't interested in church as much as his mother had wanted him to be. Mm -hmm. So when Noyes was growing up, he was known to be painfully shy and could not talk to girls at all. So he believed that due to his red hair and freckles, that he was ugly and it made him so he couldn't talk to girls for fear of rejection due to his appearance. So... That's sad. Yeah, so he literally thought, which is so sad to me as a person of natural redhead. Yeah. That you literally hate, yeah, that he hated himself for that. So, like, this we'll also talk about, this is one of those, you can feel bad for kid, or yes. young them. kid them, but, but not, not adult them. Adult them. Yeah. So, however, when Noise was 20 in 1831, after much pushing from his mother he went with her to a tent revival service Mm -hmm. held by preacher charles feeney Mm -hmm. so at at this he preached about the second great awakening that was occurring in the 19th century so this inspired noise at the time uh of this service that he was converted but also this service not only like inspired him to convert but also to become a preacher himself Mm mm-hmm so to become a preacher, he decided to go back to school and became a theology student at Yale Theological Seminary. So while studying, he became absolutely enthralled by preaching and what he was learning. So however, he started to form some new beliefs of his own. So he then found an, an offshoot of Protestantism mm-hmm. that he termed perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So he preached that through perfectionism, man has the ability to be spiritually and physically perfect, not just in heaven, but here on earth. Okay. And he, of course, believed that he himself had achieved perfection. Of course he did. So, while at Yale, uh, he shared some of his beliefs of perfectionism, and when the school found out about his unusual sermons, they kicked him out of school. So after this, his family begged him to come home and start over there, but he refused. Mm -hmm. So instead, he decided to live as a wanderer and continued to be homeless. Okay. Because he's perfect. So, like, if he's homeless, it doesn't matter. Exactly. He is perfect because he achieved spiritual perfectionism. So... For a while, Noise didn't uh, didn't gain any followers as he seemed like a raving homeless person. Mm. But as time went on, he did begin to gain some followers. So Noise had then become obsessed with one of his first converts, Abigail Merlin. Mm-hmm. However, Abigail was married to someone else. Noise, refusing to let that stop him, had tried to convince her to be with him still. Mm-hmm. So he began to preach the need for polyamory. So Mm. Abigail, however, was not interested in him and did not feel the same way about poly relationships. He once wrote that Abigail may be married to another on earth, but that they were spiritually married to each other in heaven. Okay. So, like, just to preface, I'm not going to shit on anybody for being poly because I completely understand that that may work for some Mm. folks and that, you know, to each their own, Mm -hmm. I have 
people that I care about mm-hmm. that are in poly re- uh, relationships, and, like, they're really awesome to each mm-hmm. other. So, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, do you. Yeah, and I don't want to put out there me, like, making that, mm, like, that was not... I don't in shit reference, on, I don't, yeah. yeah. In reference to this, I don't shit on poly people. I, personally, am a very monogamous person. I cannot mm-hmm. do polyamorous relationships. So right. I don't get mm-hmm. it, but I don't, like I said la- last episode, yeah. I don't yuck people's yums, like... Yeah. If that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. But I'll go, mm, in reference to him. Yes. Yes. And that he is not letting these things stop him. So, like, what we're going to be talking about is very different. So, what we don't want people to take from this is that this is what poly relationships yes. are. That it, there's one person abusing mm-hmm. the other people in them. No, no, no. Really, this how this became a sex cult and the things that we're going to talk about, which I will forewarn in advance, there is going to be things involving children. There is going to be sexual abuse that we are going to discuss. Those things do not come from people being poly. No. Those things come from crazy cult leaders who try to convince other people that they're somehow above consent. I agree. And the need for consent. Yes. So this comes and stems entirely from people incredibly horrific human beings who need to be the center of attention and mm-hmm. need to control or abuse others to mm-hmm. feel okay. Yeah. That is exactly yeah, who Noyes is as a person. Yeah. So in 1837, Noyes came up with the idea of what he called spiritual spouses, which would later evolve into spiritual polyamory. So he wrote, when the will of God is down on earth as it is in heaven, there will be no marriage. Exclusiveness, jealousy, quarreling have no place at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I call a certain woman my my wife. She is yours. She is Christ's. And in him, she is the bride of all saints. She is now in the hands of a stranger, and according to my promise to her, I rejoice. My claim upon her cuts directly across marriage covenant of this world, and God knows the end. The fuck? Insane. Just absolute insanity. So, like, all women are everybody's, essentially. Yes. And that to be, and that being a spouse to, a spiritual spouse is, is that you can be the spiritual spouse of any important spiritual figure. That you're not just, like, that to be perfect, and basically he considers himself a spiritual figure because he's perfect and any perfect person who achieves perfectionism as he has could then be spiritual spouses with anybody and any person who is spiritual spouses with them is spiritual spouses with all important religious people Imagine just someone walking and being like yo who guess who who my husband is be like what saint michael St. Peter. Yes, Jesus Saint. Christ, he's my man. He's man's. my Yep, he's my husband. Jesus he's, Christ is, is my, my husband. <laughs> and I have a bumper sticker that says it. It gives me the same energy of the... Jesus is my co-pilot and we're cruising for pussy. Yes. <laughs> like, even more of, like, the... I don't know how to read and I refuse to learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. I have one spiritual spouse. That means I fuck St. Michael. Exactly. <laughs> So that same energy. So the woman that he referred to in the sermon was his wife, his legal wife, Mm -hmm. Harriet Holton. So Harriet was the inheritor of a large fortune with, uh, with that he used that inheritance that she had had to basically found this cult. Mm -hmm. So the only legal wife he had was Harriet Mm -hmm. and Harriet was, 
descendant of wealth. So was basically a wealthy heiress who Mm -hmm. inherited a great fortune, and he married her and took her fortune and founded this weird-ass cult. Love it. Yep, so... It doesn't Hold seem on. like some ulterior arterial no. motive. It's not about sex at all. Nope. It, it's, it reminds me of this already is giving me a lot of like Warren Jeffs vibes where yes. he's in power and mm-hmm. he wants to do it for his own sexual pleasure. Yes. And that's it. That's, yep, that's the same vibe. <laughs> love it, love it, love, um, love it. So he would then go on to call this cult the Society of Inquiry. So the original founding members of this cult were Noise, Harriet, his sisters, and their husbands. And Mary and George Cragen. Mm-hmm. So the polyamory in this cult began when Noyes had fallen for Mary and began to preach swapping spouses. Okay. So which they did. He preached that selfishness was a primordial sin and that through what he called complex marriages, he could rid his followers of selfishness from the soul. So he preached that the relinquishment of uh, possessions and attachments to special people would help them overcome the sin of selfishness. Mm -hmm. So he believed that marriage was a form of property ownership, and this contributed to the sin of selfishness. He also believed that such feelings of selfish ownership prevented people from bonding together to form the body of Christ. Okay. Yes. So he basically tried to convince everyone that refusing to be open means that you are selfish, and selfishness is a sin, like, worse than the seven deadly sins, and that you cannot ever be spiritually fulfilled if you don't have open marriages. Love forcing polyamory on people. Love that. Yes. It gives me the same vibe of, like, oh, I, well, this is my wife, but over there is my girlfriend, but my girlfriend knows about my wife, but my wife doesn't know about my girlfriend. I'm in a poly relationship, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not poly because there's someone, there, not someone needs to consent. This yes, is cheating. I agree. So it's that same energy of, like, I don't care about other people yep. and consent or people actually wanting to be a part of this. I agree. So it's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so by the mid-1840s, the cult had grown in size and had around three dozen members at this oh my point. my God. So in 1846, Noise, his two sisters, and seven others entered into a marriage contract declaring that they were all married to, his ch- to each other. Okay. So through this contract, it also made it so Noise was named as father and overseer of the Holy Ghost for their family. So in this contract, it did two things. Not only did it make all of the people who were in this cult married to each other, mm-hmm. but it said that Noise was the leader, basically. Of course it did. And that he had entire control over their spirituality mm-hmm. and them as religious people. Mm-hmm. That he is their, not only like their leader in just like daily decision making, but their leading, their leader to heaven of course of course he is and they cannot go without him basically of course he is so but just want to point out there so in this marriage he that they're all married to each other he is married to his sisters that is included in this. literally like i said literally warren jeff vibes like yes. flds polyamory vibes yep. hardcore yes and now incest polyamory yep Ew. so Later in 1846, Noise was arrested for adultery, and after this, he was released. He moved the cult to a farm near Oneida Creek. 
So given that Noyce was arrested for adultery, it is reasonable for one to ask how this commune was looked at uh, by society at this time. So at this time, the town of Oneida was one of many exper experimental communities that had begun in the 1840s. Mm. So many people were starting these socialist communes at this time because many people were opposed to the financial direction that the U.S. was in at this time. Mm -hmm. So many who disagree, who joined disagreed with the U.S. going into a market economy, capitalism, industrialism, and the division of the classes. Okay. So basically, I guess, like, this was also at a time where politically people were starting to suggest that the U.S. should become a more socialist Okay. Country. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yes. So, obviously, that, of course, is ignored because we are in a capitalist mm. and we're in a market economy. So, in 1848, when Noyes began the commune in Oneida, his goals for it were to have followers lead a sin-free life, mm -hmm. to form the equality of the sexes, and polyamory. However, he also preached communism, utopianism, eugenics, and spiritualism. Uh, I figure. I figure there was going to be something, something eugenic, something racist, something, yes, something. Yes, of in course, because every be. cult has to have racism. Mm -hmm. So once the move to New York happened, the society did begin to gain a lot more followers, which were ex-Puritans mostly. Okay. So he, of course, began to preach to his now at this time two hundred to three hundred followers. Oh my god about the second coming and him being a prophet for God. Lovely. So as his cult began uh, to grow, they renamed themselves the community. Uh, and Noyes continued to preach the practice of polyamory, saying all brides and grooms must share one another. As the community grew, Noyes began to impl implement new rules for them to follow. All newbies to the community were required to live together until a period of time where they were deemed fit and be able to move from the home. So here's a question. So you were saying all brides and grooms must be married, like must be share each other. Yes. What it was there anything about like homosexual relationships? Um, not really. It doesn't really mention about any kind of homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Um. It just, I guess, meant, it really only mentions just, like, full-blown polyamory. Okay, just because, like, the only reason I'm saying is because, like, if it's they're all married together, then technically men are married to men, women are married to women. Yeah. And, and, and it, there's, they're, listen, gay people are all the fuck, all around. Yes. You know what I mean? They've always oh, yeah. existed, all the types of stuff. So the fact that there's 300 people, yep. there has to be queer people in there somewhere. somewhere. And they definitely were taking advantage of it behind the scenes. Like, they were definitely oh, forking yeah. behind the scenes. They you know what forking. I mean? <laughs> they so, were forking. <laughs> I have no idea because mm -hmm. it doesn't really mention any of that, but I do, like, the one thing I will absolutely agree to when it comes to their beliefs is when they start talking about, like, their beliefs about um, equality of the sexes, because mm -hmm. obviously, like, I don't know why that even needs to be argued, no. yeah. that there should be equality for of the course. sexes. Of course, of course. And for all genders, everyone should, yeah. should be equal. Agreed. Le uh, but also, like, when it comes to, like, relationships allowing to be open if you want to and mm -hmm. being socially accepted as something to be open I think is also something that mm -hmm. should be like okay I think like nobody should have to judge anybody else of like nobody should be yucking other people's yums as long as it doesn't everybody is in agreement and everybody is consenting yeah. and are consenting adults I agree and that's what we're definitely going to talk about mm -hmm. the difference of is like 
not all of this is consensual yes. and not all of these are adults. Love that. Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, they also did not have children and parents live together because they wanted all adults of the cult to see each child the same. Okay. So this cult, like, basically believed in no ties that you, that you should have no ties that are more important to you than your ties to others. So you Once should again, not very have... very FLDS vibes. Very much so. So it's like, you are not allowed to have, like one spouse that you love more and then be open with other people and not mm-hmm. care about the other people as much as you do your first okay. person. Makes like sense. they that was banned as well as like there's supposed to be no family ties. That like you have mm-hmm. no greater ties to your biological parents than you mm-hmm. do anybody else in this world. Gotcha. Okay. And that everybody should be basically a family member to you or someone that you love equally. Interesting. All okay. Of them. So All of the children in the cult lived in the children's house where they would be cared for by nurses and teachers. So kids would be separated from parents starting at 18 months old. Okay. So, uh, as previously mentioned, if two lovers started to become too attached to each other, they would be banned from seeing each other until their feelings had passed. Okay. So he then instituted a similar practice with parents and their children. And if he saw that parents... Uh, too close of an attachment or what he referred to as sticky love they would be barred from seeing each other until they proved that they did not love each Mm -hmm. other more than they loved others of the group wow yeah the the term sticky love just gives me the icks like gives me the heaps like i don't like it like this whole cult thing is like it's very midsummer vibes of like yes. we're all brother and sister. Yes. No one is actually more my brother than someone mm-hmm. else. I agree. It's very it's giving very that. Yes, I I agree. So overall this seemed fine with the majority of parents in the cult, as many parents in the cult weren't fond of their children. Okay. Yeah. That they basically just had some kids, but they were like, eh. My kid, like, they're just kids. I had a kid, but they're everybody's kid now. Okay. So they were very much like, yeah, I'm not, like, dying to see my child. Interesting. Yeah, it was very weird. So kind of gross question, but one that I had had when I first was mm. learning about this free love cult. Uh, but would there be a lot of unplanned pregnancies happening yeah. with this group of 200 to 300 people yeah. all participating in active swinging yeah. all the time? Yeah. So oddly enough... Uh, they actually only had 40 kids born into the cult okay. between 1848 to 1868. Wow. So the reason for this was that the cult was actually a really strong advocate for birth control. Oh. And for one birth control method in particular that I'll talk about okay. in a little bit. But, yeah, so one of the things that I also do agree with them on is birth control is important. Yes. Should be easily accessible, and everybody should be able to have that choice. But literally, in twenty years, they only managed to have four forty pregnancies. That's insane. That is that's actually yes. like uh, that was that completely came out of left field. Like I did right? not expect that at all. I didn't expect it either. But they, I guess, were on something onto something here. So the reason why they're that they were such staunch advocates for birth control was that the cult highly or believed highly in female sexual empowerment which was very uncommon for the time wow so noise believed that pregnancy was the bane of a woman's existence <laughs> and that it was bad for a woman's health which okay. not wrong ex- yep especially at that time multiple pregnancies was overall unsafe for women yeah. cuz like Except for, like, 
literally everything was just so much harder. Like, there was mm. not modern medicine, like, yep. things like that. So, like, there was no way for any kind of help if you were someone mm. who had, like, reasons that you yep. couldn't have children. Yep. So people were just really open to the fact that, like, yeah, no, like, having to birth children when you don't want to fucking sucks. That's, I mean, even though it's fucked up, like, it's, yeah. the shit they're doing is fucked up, like, that's pretty progressive. Yeah, there's some pretty progressive things that they did think. So he also believed that pregnancy interrupted and at times stopped spiritual achievement for women. Hmm. So if a woman did want to have a child, the woman and a man of her choice had to apply to a committee and seek approval to have a child. Hmm. So they found that the majority of the time these applications were accepted and only found nine times where an application was denied. Okay. So I think this is also probably where, like, a lot of the eugenic stuff mm. starts to play a part of it, is, like, as to why those nine were denied, whereas those other 40 were all mm. approved, and yeah. that they approved of, like, 40 kids mm. being born into the cult. So I think that there was probably a lot of, like, oh, well, your guys' genes aren't going to mix well together, yeah. or weird stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But... So to prevent pregnancy, the cult mainly practiced one birth control method in particular, which, forewarning, this is kind of gross, but they practice mainly what is called coitus reservatus, or reserve, yeah, reservatus, so as their method of contraception. So to do this, men never orgasm during sex. <gasps> that is amazing. <laughs> yep. So... They did this for a few different reasons. The first was that they wanted to prevent pregnancies. The second was because they did not want men to lose vitality, which at this time, not just in the cult, but like in all mm -hmm. of society, was a widely held belief with the general public uh, and as well as the cult, was that the loss of semen could have a negative impact on a person's health. That, like... That makes me so happy for some yeah. reason. Like, I get I this cold. Like, okay, I get this cold is fucked up, and I know I haven't heard all the bad shit yet. Yeah. But, like, besides the polyamory, like, I'm kind of fucking with it. Yeah. Like, I can like, fuck with it. Okay, I can fuck with this shit. Like, like later, we're gonna get into, no, we cannot. Yeah. But, like, okay. <laughs> but I'm, we're also we're also those motherfuckers who watch Midsummer. and we're like, oh, we could do that. Yeah. So, like, I'm not shocked like, that I'm like, okay. Yeah, I watched Midsummer and I was like, this is beautiful. I love this place. Yeah, exactly. like... I want to cry in unison. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. So, and the third reason was that they wanted women to be optimally pleasured for maximum spiritual benefit. Oh, I love it. So, so men don't were, get to orgasm, but women get all the nuts. Yes. Love it. So it's very sex positive for women. So the commune, although we'll talk about shortly, had many really horrific shortcomings. They did have a few fair points and were really ahead of their time when it came to those mm -hmm. few points. So one of which was that the commune widely practiced equal opportunities and equality of the sexes. So women were encouraged to do the same things as men. Women would play sports, chop wood, and participate in any of the same kind of manual labor tasks. So men also participated in household tasks. Okay. From what it sounds like, everyone was helping with tasks that were traditionally put into one or the other gendered mm -hmm. roles to the same degree. So there were really no, like you're a woman you have to go work in the kitchen it was mm. none of those things at yeah all. interesting so i thought that was really cool yeah so to shift gears a bit and talk about some of the cult's horrific side so when the children in the cult began to reach puberty they had really disgusting practices which they would follow 
which included assigning them to adults to engage in sexual acts with. Oh, Jesus. So very sorry. In a moment, we're obviously going to be talking about uh, uh, child sexual abuse. Mm. If that's something that is too much for you to handle, I would absolutely skip ahead a couple of minutes. Um, So when boys reached about age 14 uh, or began to start puberty, they would be sent on what they called interviews, where they would be sent to a postmenopausal, where they would be sent to postmenopausal women so that they would teach them how to control their climax to engage in their contracept their preferred mm-hmm. contraceptive practice of coitus reservatus. Mm-hmm. So they they would have to be with these older ladies because these women could not get pregnant, mm-hmm. so it was less risky for the boys to mm-hmm. who that couldn't engage in the preferred birth control method of the cult yet. Mm-hmm. So that I guess was their thought process as to Mm -hmm. why however i feel like this is just like you're just making excuse for yeah excuses for pedophilia yeah i agree assault yeah that's fucked up like this is just disgusting this should never happen Mm -hmm. and this is unacceptable Mm -hmm. so girls starting at age 12 would also be sent on interviews with older men so uh, as the cult believed that this not only would help uh for birth control prevention which is not yeah but uh also that they wanted holy members of the cults to be the ones to teach the youth of the cult the whole what they coined as the holy pleasures that's fucking gross so they continued to send these children and teens on interviews until the teens were deemed old enough to interview with one one another Mm -hmm. as granted by an intermediary so they were abusing children Mm -hmm. just period so one thing that I was happy one of the articles had thought to include was how society at this time would have felt about these practices. And I was correct in thinking that, uh, or I was actually, surprisingly, I was happily incorrect mm-hmm. with how I thought people would probably view mm-hmm. this cult. So uh, I was incorrect in my thinking that during the 19th century, they probably would have been uh, more accepting of this as I was also wrongly under the impression that in older times Mm. um that when you go back to like a couple hundred years that they would probably Mm. be more okay with young people being adultified early and that people married young back then however that's actually a complete misconception oh really and i was completely wrong on that and luckily Mm. even during the 19th century sex between uh youths and adults was never socially acceptable. Oh, wow. Cool. So as well as the average youngest age of marriage in the U.S., even back then, has always been between the ages of 22 to 24. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the only time where that number has ever been lower was with the baby boomers around 1950, Mm. when the average, average youngest marital age had dropped to 25 and a half. Okay. So really, in the United States, the most common ages for marriage have always been... 22 to 24 so anybody who tries to say differently or like it yeah. was a different time then so me marrying this 14 year old was normal no it wasn't well that also makes sense because it's no, it's it it, it, it kind of it's i mean it's a little bit of a tangent but it kind of reminds me of how in school and when i was going for mm-hmm. my degree like we were talking about the different like uh bodily crimes that were committed and people think that murder is one of the most common crimes it's no. not. It doesn't no. happen, like, ever. We just hear about it more often. Mm-hmm. So think about it. If you're, we're hearing about these young women getting married so often, yeah. quote-unquote, so often, but if we're hearing about, let's say, 100, young, 100 women getting married or teens getting married at 16 yeah. to people who are 25, 30, mm-hmm. we think that's normal because we hear about it, but that's 100 out of, like, 
three yeah. million. Exactly. And it's something that we shouldn't socially just be no. like, that's okay, that's normal. Mm-hmm. No, it's actually, it's never been, like, the fact, it's never been the norm. It's mm-hmm. always been that if this was going on, it's abusive and not normal yeah. and shouldn't be happening and you shouldn't look the other way I never way knew that. It. That's awesome. Yeah. So... For nearly 20 years, the cult thrived in the Oneida community, but during the beginning of the Civil War, the cult began to struggle financially. So attempt to help bring in money for themselves, they tried a few different business ventures. The first one being that they tried uh, was selling fruit. However, given upstate New York winters, Mm. that didn't go very well, and most of their crops died, and they were not able to produce anything during the wintertime, so they did not have anything they could sell. Mm Mm-hmm. So next, they attempted to sell leather bags and find thread. However, that business venture didn't pan out very well either. Um, But after they began to notice the trends uh, around them, they saw a huge market with fur trading and began to sell metal traps. Mm -hmm. So this venture did very well for them, and they did sell a lot of traps. So one day, uh, one of the members was looking out on the Oneida Creek and saw that across from them was a silverware factory. And given that they were already making metal goods and that they were on the same line of water, they thought that they could do the same. Mm-hmm. So in 1879, the cult started the Oneida Spoon Factory and began to make cutlery. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately for the cult and its leader, only one year later... Um, oh, so sorry, I actually skipped ahead. So although the commune was supposed to follow communist practices and was supposed to be anti-industrialist, the factory itself practiced labor exploitation, and given that most of the members did not want to work, they would hire others to do all the hard labor. Mm. So basically, this cult was just like, they got all of their funding from doing the exact opposite of their own beliefs to a Mm. bunch of other people who are probably in horrible ways, too. So, unfortunately for the cult and its leader, one year later, in 1880, new marriage laws were passed and banned complex marriages. Mm-hmm. So, because of this law, it turned on, uh, the, when this law uh, happened, it turned on Noyes and they went out to arrest him again for adultery. So, Noyes, who by this time had gone deaf given his old age, fled to Canada for fear of arrest. Mm -hmm. So without him, the commune collapsed and everyone then mostly paired up and left. Mm -hmm. So the commune members that started the factory formed a corporation with shares based on how much each member had worked and how much a person had financially contributed Mm -hmm. to the factory. So the factory was donned the name uh, of Oneida Silverware in 1880 and and became a very successful company. So the ads that they did worked really well and grew to be endorsed by many celebrities, including Princess Marguerite of Denmark. So the company for a long time did very well and was continued to be run by ex-cult members. So descendants of the, the cult owned the company all the way up into two, until 2006, mm-hmm. when they ultimately sold the company due to bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. But, so for well over a hundred years after their cult completely disintegrated the descendants of that cult still owned the factory and it was still up and running until all the way up until 2006 i just connected that in my head because i've seen that brand before and i just connected i'm like literally i was like oh shit it reminded like that that um from 21 jump street where it's Mm -hmm. like oh shit oh shit that literally is how i feel the literally fuck you math, mm-hmm. like, fuck you science, yeah. literally, like, it all adds up, that literally, yep. 
the spoons that pe the silverware people may have, these fancy spoons from the Oneida Silverware Factory directly tie and were created from and stem from a sex cult. That is so fucking crazy. What yes. the fuck? So there are people who widely own these creepy spoons and this cutlery made by I want, I want a sex a, cult. I want a sex cult spoon. A sex cult spoon? Sex cult spoon. Called it. Bad name called it. Bad name called it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So That's interesting. Literally, the town that I grew up in was near a place that a sex cult started a silverware factory that became very That sounds successful. fake. Like, that it sounds fake. fake. It doesn't sound real, and it doesn't sound plausible, but it absolutely did happen, and now we all have learned this weird, weird thing that oh no one needed to know, but, yeah, so, love that now we you. all know weird facts. Oh my god, love that for you. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh so I much appreciate yeah. everyone sticking through <laughs> and listening to this absolute ridiculousness, yeah. but we definitely want to do some more, like, yeah kind of like smaller cases mm. like this and like that are much just like weirder yeah i agree uh we definitely want to do some more like lighter hearted things mm -hmm. in the future not that like what happened here was not any less than unacceptable yeah. and horrific yeah but we definitely want to keep doing some more yeah, like interesting things like this so we're definitely going to do that we're definitely going to yes. do some spooky episodes so absolutely everybody i would highly suggest sticking around yes. for all of the other fun we have to yeah come. but so if you guys want to follow us and like genuinely like talk to us be more a part of like being able to see any yeah. of like the cool posts that we make mm. about these episodes you can follow us on instagram at figures in the dark you can follow us on twitter or send us a tweet at figures in the dark but dark spelled drk because character limits uh, you could also uh, follow us on Facebook and send us uh, private messages on Facebook yes. at yeah. uh, Figures in the Dark. And you can also send us case suggestions, send us your spooky stories, mm -hmm. send us any of the, like, your listener tales, your hometown murderers, any yes. of that stuff to our email. At, it's going to be figuresinthedarkpodcast at gmail.com. And you, and please, like, follow us on yes. uh, Spotify, yes. on Amazon Music. Yep, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, mm -hmm. and Anchor. Awesome. Still yeah. no Apple Music yet because I'm working on it. But yes, but we will yes. get there. We will so you can there, yes. follow us on any of those. Like, yes. subscribe, rate us, yes. stuff like that. It yes. helps us out a bunch. Um, but thank you all for listening. And as always, beware the figures in the dark. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.